Let's shake it up a little. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper Podcast, adding a little bit of salt and a little bit of spice to make your Tuesday just right. Here's your hosts, Lisa and Olivia. Using the Enneagram, working with the Enneagram has really helped me to cultivate a lot more self-acceptance than I would have been able to otherwise. Because you cannot grow. One, you can't grow if you don't see the positive. Like you can't grow if you don't see the, the, the good things in yourself. And you also can't grow if you don't, if you're like unable to see the negative. Welcome to the Salt and Pepper podcast live and on stage from the top of Ashland, the top of the, the story the building. <laughs> it's actually really funny podcasting in a new location because it kind of feels like we're like moving up. I know. I feel official. Like we're like, oh my gosh, uh, every paparazzi. Oh, get out of here. You know, it's really just the cars flashing by yeah. in the sun reflecting yeah. off of it. But I like to think it's like camera flashes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my name is Olivia and I'm an entrepreneur, brand builder. My most recent business is Velvet and Fur, which is Paul and Buckley earring business. And across from me, well, kind of, it's like more to like the left of me at like kind of an angle. I like is, that you always <laughs> correct yourself. I want people to have like a really good visual. Okay. That's what we'll I just do. just send them a picture of us right now. When I listen to podcasts, I'll look up to see what the guests look like. Because I want to know, like, who oh, is I'm talking. The really? Yep. Don't want to know. Oh, yeah. I like to. I have to have that picture. Um. Anyway, everybody, it's Lisa Brasser. Woo. Hi, I'm Liv. I mean, sorry, <laughs> Frodian Slip. I'm Lisa Liv Brasser and Lisa. That's close. Um, I love cats. L, my niece, of course. My Olives dog. in my bean and rice bowls. Duh. And Big Brother. Is that your current obsession? No, this is oh. just who I am. This is oh, my, right. my, this is, I love olives. I'm obsessed with olives. Olives are so good. I love my niece, Elle. Elle Lisa's is Lisa's about to best. wear like a skin suit of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> and my current obsession is either listening to music that like super duper hypes me up or something like really sad and depressing um so that's my current obsession so it's either what like, type of music it's either drake or ben howard about ben howard it makes you sad it's like it should be raining outside and stormy oh. and In i should be really depressed it's like the only song people know from him that's always my favorite when people are like i love and then they say like lana del rey and they're like born to die is such a good song and you're like you don't know anything um my current obsession is um wait i actually had it in my head and i don't remember what it was i know i should have what was i gonna say um i guess could be now oh my boots i got from mango that i just finally started wearing because from last week's episode everybody knows i put everything in the bag yeah and i just keep them because i want to wear them at the right time and I'm wearing them today and I really like them because they are the most comfortable shoes I've ever had, hmm. which is very weird. But hmm. I have really wide feet and I get really bad blisters and stuff oh. with everything I have. You have wide feet? Yeah. Oh. I yeah. Almost know. every pair of shoes gives me like foot pain. Do you have to buy like wide? 
I could, but I size. don't because I'd rather buy just cute shoes and I just deal with the pain. <laughs> well, some shoes come in like the wide. wide. Yeah, so if I can, you... I will. Oh, okay. But like if we're going on like a trip where I'm walking a bunch or like let's say like Disney, like I would even go as far as I know, like flip flops even, which is like really disgusting. But I actually wouldn't wear flip flops, but I would wear like a pair of Nikes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like to course. be really comfy. Of course. Well, I don't know. A I you want to look cute still. It's Disneyland. Who I want to look impress? cute. Hang on, Mickey, Minnie, Donald. Who's in the suit? <laughs> All of the people who work there. Walt Disney himself, who's looking down from heaven. <laughs> I won't go there. <laughs> You're just like questioning it. You don't know him. Uh, let's go into our silver linings. Okay, so it's gonna sell in week. <laughs> you start. Me turn. Me me turn. Me start. Me turn. Me, <laughs> me will start. start. <laughs> me start now. Have you seen those TikToks where people like mess up their words and they think that they're having a stroke because they can't think of what <laughs> no. they're I don't it's really watch TikTok anymore, to be honest. Me neither. I can't. But I randomly saw I one. I have a life to get to. I know. Yeah. I literally. Okay, just one time. Um, so my silver lining, um, we have to start um training bear to start sleeping in his toddler bed <gasps> big boy bed BBB. it's very scary we've already kind of been doing uh, that because he'll just it, come into your room no not even that but i mean just coming out it, or it, it's funny or he ends up just throwing everything out of his bed and he doesn't leave his bed but he just <laughs> won't fall asleep because he doesn't know what's going on no. do you think he'll try to like go out into the living room and stuff in the middle of the night or will you guys i, I think will you put a gate up would. could you put like a gate up there or is that too like pet i don't know can you put like a leash on him and like hook him to the wall <laughs> <laughs> Like a comfortable leash. Um, you know, what's really funny is I wasn't even sure as far as like what parameters did you take? This sounds so bad, but I thought the normal thing was like, oh, yeah, you just lock the door so that they don't get out. Like yeah. safety. No, you don't do that. Why? No, no, no. Because they start screaming. I don't. I actually don't. I think it's just kind of like a, that's weird. To lock the a, door? Yeah, to lock them in their room. But what if they're like going to try to get into the oven? I know. I, well, that's literally <laughs> what I thought too. But it, especially because Bear doesn't have a real room. He's in our dining room, which is like yeah. its own room. He so doesn't it, have to like go downstairs kind of, and like no, go far. But literally the first thing out of his room is the oven. No, I know. So we have little like things, knobs on it. And we child, our, we're child safety locking everything. Yeah. <laughs> If you guys don't already know, safety, like child safety, drill your dressers to your wall because that, pull them? yeah, they're, um, especially now that a lot of dressers are made by like Ikea, like they're just like lighter, oh, not they, that they're not good dressers necessarily, but they're lighter. So there's if it were to squishing open stories. Up, yeah. Oh. And it's silent. And so you don't even know that it could happen. But that is why I'm putting it out there. I'm really sorry if you have anxiety over this because me and my sister do. But that's why I want to put it out there so that yeah. you can have peace of mind. Totally. Um, that's why a gate, I feel like, is a really good alternative. Well, it's yeah, not a lot. That's, that's what I was I was just going to say. Like, I, I would put a gate up. But at the yeah. same time, like, 
I don't think that there's anything I would be worried about him getting into because we're going to child safety lock all of our drawers. And He's if we had stairs, be watching then for sure. YouTube videos in the middle of the night. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> Finds the Apple remote. Um, but the silver lining with that is, um, gosh, is there a silver lining? Um, that you're doing it. Well, I wrote down, not in a rush, but now kind of because Mav is outgrowing his bassinet. But that was a few weeks ago. And now oh. Mav is literally like, he's getting he big. needs to get out. can't believe it's been he's six months already. A big guy. Oh, also, when I was listening to Steph's podcast before, they said that eights were Mavericks. And then I <gasps> realized that you named your, your son after me. And that was a really oh sweet moment. My. Thank yeah, you so much for doing that. with you. I know. So what's your silver lining? My silver lining, well, Big Brother ended. Yeah. Which is really sad. And but Cody won. Cody won. Is that your I, silver lining? No. Oh. I don't know why I really wanted Nicole to be two, number two. But I I could have just said second place, but I didn't. Um, Big Brother's over, and I'm struggling, like, because I'm watching all of them with my mom. Mm-hmm. And then I did watch 21 because I hadn't seen it. But I've seen all the other ones. So if I go back, it's like, do I start? I think I started at, like, 10. So it's like... Do I go? Because you I'm doing that. Going from 22 to like season seven and well, Julie Chen's hair, right it's like now. the 90s. Oh, Julie Chen's hair isn't that bad. Oh, really? But no. is, is it cringy or is it still entertaining? No. The first three seasons, because here's here's what differentiates it, because I'm sure all of you care. Um, they don't have veto competitions at first. So what? you can't get so, off the block? No. That's So the cool. first two people on the block are on the block. That's and fun. And then... Easy, um, <laughs> but fun. Well, not easy because then you just don't have a choice. You're done. Yeah. So if even if you're a comp beast, there was no such thing I mean, thing easy to then. win the oh, show. yeah. <laughs> not that much. Um, yeah. And the... Oh, gosh. The games back then were just so awful. It was pretty much all just trivia and that's it. Oh. Which is really boring. Yeah. And then, um, but the season I'm at right now, um, okay, so and then the middle part is um, in Vito's, uh, Vito start, and everyone could then choose whoever they wanted to play for them. And so that was kind of boring. So they just learn as they uh, went. Yeah. Yeah. But the season I'm watching right now is season six. Finally, they have um, you can't choose. It's so maybe I'll just start. I take that back. It's not even six. I think that they're still choosing who they want to play in the competition. But it's only six people rather than everyone. Okay. Because so everyone in the house was playing in the veto competitions at first, which it was <laughs> not. does not make sense. Um, okay. Well, my silver lining <laughs> is just that I have Disney Plus now. Yeah. That's it. Because I don't know what else to watch and watching every freaking documentary there is on there, just torturing myself. Torturing? Because I want to go. Yeah. It It's actually not healthy, the amount of things I watch and listen to about Disney and if I don't go one day, I'm not being dramatic. I might explode. Okay. Out of just, I want so, to. Okay. No, I can't stop. That's the problem. It's an addiction. Okay. okay. Whoa. <laughs> I will say, though, I was thinking about this. I actually had a very serious conversation in my head about it. Okay. I was like, is doing that actually not good? Because then it makes me really want to go. And then I thought, actually, no, I think it's making me work harder so that I can go. Hmm. How's that going? I'm working hard. Harder? 
Yeah. Okay. What do you mean harder? I don't know. It was a sincere question. I mean, I work all day, every day. That's only as much as I can do. How, so are you working harder? I think I'm trying to work smarter. Good. That's even better. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know how you can work harder than literally working 24-7, except I made you come over for the finale. First, Very the first, moment. I'm not joking when I tell you that was the first time in my whole no, life I somebody you. has guilt tripped me or peer pressured me into anything. You're welcome. But mostly because you called you me. And it. when you call, it's like very intimidating because your memoji is like so big. <laughs> and, then, and then I'm like, hello. And you're just like, listen, I'm going to talk now. <laughs> you like, don't okay. talk. <laughs> And then I went over and we watched it and everyone saw it on my stories. At least it was, was jumping great. up and down in a big Literally t-shirt. so happy. I know, And I was wearing shorts just so everyone She was knows. completely naked underneath <laughs> and she was I crisscross applesauce the whole I time. I her. <laughs> and, <I was> cr- <laughs> and you were sitting directly in front of me. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. Well, that was productive. Um, so <laughs> today on the show, we have Steph Baron Hall from the Nine Types Co. Um, I think it's just nine types co on instagram though mm-hmm. but i will link everything below um basically if you like the enneagram she is she's queen i was gonna say princess but i think it's above no, that she is she's queen. the queen she's the queen of the enneagram so she's all the types wrapped in one <laughs> <laughs> she's a crown with like all the she's numbers on them that's actually what the nine is all of the types wrapped in one yeah oh i guess that makes sense yeah they are the crown Literally, that's what they mm-hmm. say. Anyways. Um, well, I'm holding up the crown, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so she has written a book. She has a podcast called um, Ask Your Enneagram Coach. Again, these will all be in the, the show notes below. But it was like so insightful and fun. And Lisa and I lately have been wanting to have more people on that are, um, what would the word be? Making like, us better because we suck that and I was gonna say like I was not it's not the right word but like therapy or like medical people or fitness people like people that will yeah people that will teach not only you guys but us to be better which Mm -hmm. I think is really great um especially us you guys are way better than we are but especially Olivia I mean Lisa I mean Liv I mean me we're one person now um so anyway it was super fun we hope you guys enjoy this episode um we do ask uh, quite a few selfish questions as we are eights and nines and we wanted to get more insight um and she was really great answered everything really really well and gave us so much information a lot of resources so again if you like the enneagram go follow her instagram because you will Mm -hmm. never feel so seen and heard in your whole life yep and anyway do do you have anything to say over there Take out your pen, take out your paper. You are about to take so many good notes and you'll regret if you don't. So And if you don't know how to write like me, get out your phone. (laughs) Okay. Uh let's do this. (laughs) Okay, so we are here with Steph Baron Hall, author of the Nine Types book, host of the Ask an Enneagram uh coach and creator of did you know this? Enneagram T's. T's? Yes, there's yeah. T's for specific Enneagram No. Numbers. Yeah. Like, that is so cool. <laughs> yeah. I uh, co-created them with a, a good friend of mine who's an herbalist. So I basically taught her the Enneagram and she did a lot of her own research and formulated T's for each type. That's so cute. It's so cool. I know I was going through your like little link tree and it was like teas. And I was like, what does that mean? And <laughs> very exciting. I'm like, I want all of them. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is actually type eight. Oh, 
Ooh. Wow. What is it? What in it makes it your favorite? Um, it has chamomile and peppermint. So it's very like cooling, but um, it's just like a really nice calming tea. So do you think it actually balances out each number? Like if you were to have the tea as that number, does it correlate with that and everything? I mean, I do because looking at like the science behind um, each of the items and like each of the ingredients for the teas. um, And then we basically, instead of being like, you know, caffeine for a type three, for example, it's really like to bring balance. So for example, type eight is, has a lot of chamomile because it kind of brings balance to like the really kind of hot energy, I guess, of, of the type eight. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. (laughs) That's really cool. That's such a unique take on it too. So, okay. I first laughed when you asked that question, because I'm like, that's a stupid question. And of course you can't like make a tea, but that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's so simple, but it makes sense. I mean, I had no idea about herbalism, like anything having to do with that, but she's an expert. So, I mean, and it, her teas have worked really well for me. Like I've gotten her, her teas for other things and it's just like amazing. Oh, that's wow. so cool. That is very so cool. much. There's all you can learn from everyone. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, okay. So for people that don't know you, do you just want to tell people a little bit about who you are, what you do and all, and all of that? Sure. Um, so I am an author, a speaker, a coach and I guess, social media person. (laughs) Um, So I use the Enneagram to help teams and individuals figure out their communication, understand themselves better, and move toward a sustainable growth path for the future. So I do that through Instagram. So I talk about the Enneagram on Instagram. And then I also do that through um, coaching. So Mostly I do typing sessions to help people figure out their type. And then I also do that through team building um, training events. So I'll go and work with teams and help them to communicate better and yeah, move forward. Yeah, that's so awesome. I But what, before we dive into Enneagram, obviously, because yeah. we're going to, I want to ask you a little bit about the business side of things mm-hmm. because... I, when I first happened upon you, it was because somebody posted, you know, something that was like my type on a story. And I was Uh like, oh my gosh, who is this person? I kept telling Lisa that you're the Taylor Swift of the Enneagram because you (laughs) just know me so well. I love it. (laughs) Um, And then I saw, of course, how big your platform is and your engagement and all of that. And when I was listening to your podcast this morning, you were talking about how you kind of did it for a little, but then you really dived in or Mm -hmm. dove in. Um, So for you... um, kind of like what was the catalyst really into doing that and then Mm -hmm. diving in because it is a very specific thing to do yeah um but kind of like encouragement for people that want to do stuff like this but they don't really know how yeah um yeah I feel like well I, I guess I always kind of have had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit um this isn't my first business actually um so I kind of for a while um didn't have a business, didn't have a side hustle. I was working full time. And then I decided to create coffee mugs for each Enneagram type. So that's actually how I started my Instagram page three years ago. Um, and I kind of started getting really into the Enneagram and people would ask me to come and talk with their small group or talk with their team. Um, and from there, I, people started asking like, do you have like a certification or anything like that. Um, so then I decided to get a certification and so it kind of just happened from there. 
like everything kind of unfolded. But um, throughout that process, also like the diving in piece had to do with me getting my master's in communication and leadership with an emphasis in organizational communication, meaning that um, I basically went back because I realized like what I loved doing was working with teams and working with people. And at the time I had a job that was fine, but like, it wasn't my passion, you know? And so, um, it got to kind of a breaking point where I could not continue going to grad school, running my Instagram account and working full time. And so, um, my husband and I, basically, we made some really big changes and I left my full-time job and kind of dove into trying to make the, the Instagram thing work. And, um, yeah, just like really grew from there. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Cause I mean, you ha obviously had to have something at the beginning, like working full-time and then going into it. And yeah. I, when I was listening kind of to your story, um, on your podcast, I thought that was really, that's also really good insight to be like, well, I still need to work, but I want to dive into this. But also you had your husband to support you, which I think is so cool. It sounds like you guys mm -hmm. really work together really yeah. well, um, which is, is that the reason why you made coffee mugs? Because he roasts coffee or does that not correlate? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, honestly. Okay. Have you heard of the podcast Side Hustle School? I, I think I've heard of it, but I haven't listened to it. Okay. So I used to listen to that podcast like incessantly and and it's like a daily podcast where it's like 10 minutes a day or something like that he just tells a quick story and so on one episode of that um so prior to knowing the enneagram i had used other personality profiling systems at work and i had also um done a lot of research on like myers-briggs and um strengths finder so um on that podcast a guy said oh he you know i'm making like uh tumblers like travel coffee mugs for each strengths finder combination. So basically we, people would place an order. They would say, these are my five strengths. And then he would create a coffee mug for them. And I was like, I could do that with the Enneagram. And so I hired a designer. I invested like, I can't remember how much, I think it was like $500. It wasn't very much. Um, at the time I was working in merchandising, my husband was working in, um, basically managing online product catalogs. <laughs> so we kind of had a background in that and um, got it up for holiday in 2017. And yeah, I mean, we made back our investment like immediately. So that was fantastic. And those, those still exist. <laughs> they, they're not like they're I, I know so much more about the Enneagram now and I see the, see it so much differently now. So I don't really push them as much as I used to, but um, they're still out there. Yeah. Oh, I'm just like waiting until we start talking about the Enneagram so you can get your business questions out of the way. I am. Okay. One thing. Can yeah. I ask one thing? Because yeah. you're already talking about your husband. So uh -huh. as far as starting a business and his support, how um, was that for you guys? Was he supportive in that? Did it take some convincing? Yeah. I mean, I think we just really have different approaches. Um, so my very first business, well, I don't know if it was my very first one, but the one previous to nine types was uh, floral design. So I did wedding and event florals and um, worked full time doing that as well. And so with that, it required a lot of his time and energy because sometimes I'd pay an assistant and sometimes I, especially when you're first starting out, like 
I would bid really low for weddings and then I'd get it. And then I'd be like, shoot, like I need help. Like I cannot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he was in charge of like the logistics side of it, like in terms of like packing the car full of the flowers and things like that. Um, and it was always my day of assistant. So he was supportive. Like he was like, it's really cool that you're getting to do all these things. And also he was like, I would love my Saturdays back, you know? (laughs) So when I started this business, he was supportive because he was like, Oh, that's on you and you're going to take care of it. You're going to do it. And I don't have to do anything. (laughs) So that, I think that was like our big difference, um, with that. Um, and also like, I definitely am a little bit more, um, I'm, I'm more okay with risks. I think I'm more okay with like taking a risk. Um, I like to think through things, but I'll dive in a little bit before I'm ready a lot of the time. Um, so I just feel like you and I are like two peas in a little pod when you were talking, (laughs) man. I, my, my boyfriend and I both started off in the wedding industry as well. And then he got to the point where he was just like, I'm not doing this anymore Mm -hmm. because weddings are hard. When I was listening to your podcast and you did like 18 in a season, it's like to other people, they might not think that's a lot. And to me, I'm like 18. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it, and I still, so I ended up breaking off and doing my own thing within weddings. So yeah. it's kind of like a similar, similar vibe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But. That's, it's crazy. And especially to do that with, um, a full-time job. Like I literally use all my PTO yeah. to do weddings. Oh Dang. my gosh. But you're, you're a three, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So that, that makes sense. But that's still very cool. It kind of seems like the um, the common thread between a lot of people we talk to is it's mm-hmm. just one step at a time. And yeah. sometimes you need to take bigger steps, but mm-hmm. you have to do it like little by little. So yeah. it's cool to hear that that's even what you did for your business. So at what point then were you like, oh, okay, like at, at what point is there, okay, I'm taking a risk. I'm going to do what I'm passionate about and I'm going to leave my full-time job that I know can sustain me or was there already sustainability like in that passion project? Like at what point did you decide like, I'm going to take that risk? Yeah. Um, for us, it was like, it it came down to actually like what we wanted from our life in general. So, um, we made the decision together, of course, but, um, we decided that we wanted to move and be closer to family and, and be in an area that we liked a lot better. And so that took us about seven, eight hours away from the job that I'd been working. Um, and so really the point was that opportunity of my husband went remote with his job and then I left mine and, and started doing this full time. Oh, nice. So it was just kind of circumstance. Yeah. 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 It, It worked out well. Um, I mean, I don't think I could have really grown my Instagram any more than I already was. Um, if I hadn't left my full-time job. Um, and I'm sure I would have found a different path, but Mm -hmm. this is what happened. Yeah. It was the risk that had to happen either way. So it was kind of like perfect timing. Like, well, now I kind of have an excuse to just do it. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. cool. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Are we doing it already? Um, well, okay. So first thing I'll say is I didn't like the Enneagram at first because Mm -hmm. I don't like to be put in a box. And from that comment, Mm -hmm. I'll let you guess what number I am. And from that point, especially today, actually listening to your, one of your most recent interviews with you had your first guest. I can't remember his name. 
he's Michael Shane. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was so good, but he said every Enneagram is a color, but there's so many different shades. And I'm like, yeah, I love that. I want to be so many different shades. Um, so opening up about the Enneagram and talking to people, maybe like, like, what is it? What are the misconceptions about it? Um, because again, for me, I was just like, don't ever put me in like one little box. I don't fit in a little box. (laughs) So I'd love to hear your explanation on that. Yeah. So I basically say that the Enneagram is a personality framework oriented around nine core motivations. Um, so there are nine core types and it's really great for understanding yourself, growing in self-awareness, emotional intelligence, and communicating better with others because it really focuses on areas where you need to grow and helps you understand the path forward to, to, to actually transform your life and, and, and truly access that personal growth. So I, I have a first question because we're getting into growth and yeah. health. So I've, I'm very aware of the Enneagram. I do a lot of unfortunate research on it um, for many areas of <laughs> myself or others, but how to communicate with others as far as working as a team or whatever it may be. So how can you differentiate growth and stress and then health levels? I think I've actually been mm-hmm. having a hard time with that without realizing it. Mm. Like you're wondering, how do you know if you're like healthy, but just a little stressed versus how do you know if you're precisely? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that the big thing about health, I think is, um, well, I'll first say this. So one of the confusions is often the growth and stress numbers. Like people think Mm -hmm. when you're healthy, you move toward your growth number. And when you're unhealthy, you move toward your stress number, but it's not exactly that cut and dry. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Suzanne Stabile, um, but she calls herself now the Enneagram godmother. And she (laughs) says, um, yeah. So she says you can't protect yourself without your, uh, stress number. So it's not necessarily that you're unhealthy when you're accessing it. Um, It's something that you need. Um, But in terms of health, I think in general, um, health is, it looks different for every type, but for the most part, it looks like understanding your patterns, um, seeing like having awareness around what you do and why you do it. And then having the ability to slow that automatic reaction and choose something different. So for example, um, maybe let's picture a type four who, um, really can tend to, when they're very unhealthy, they can tend to have a victim mentality. Like they feel like other people need to save them, but when they're healthy, they're like, oh, I recognize that in this moment I'm withdrawing because I think other people need to save me. Um, but actually that's not true. And I can change my own narrative. So, so shifting from that mentality to some uh, telling yourself a different story. I think that's what health is about. Um, I also think we can really access and we really need to access the healthy aspects of our stress number, which I know if people don't know the Enneagram, they're like stress number, growth number, what what is all of this? I don't get it. Um, which is fine. We can talk more about that. But, um, like for me as a three, um, we've already alluded to how threes can be kind of workaholics and can really dive into a million things at once. Um, my stress number is type nine. Um, and meaning I would withdraw, take a break, 
um, relax, maybe get more perspective before moving forward. And those are things that I have to do to take care of myself. Um, so that's kind of how it can play out to have, to access your stress number when you're working toward health. Can I bounce back what I just heard from you so I can see if I got a proper yeah. understanding of it? So health level, your healthiness um, mm-hmm. is kind of like your awareness of where you're at maybe. Um, like I'm, I'm in stress or I'm needing this, but I'm able to access that. And rather than like, if you're a four, then woe is me. Then it's like, okay, maybe Mm -hmm. I can properly communicate this to someone and tell them Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm at this level, but I'm, I'm because that's probably the stress part, right? That like, woe is me. I'm, I'm like feeling like a victim right now. But then the healthiness is being able to recognize that because you need the stress, right? And so your healthiness is just being able to pinpoint that and then communicating it or whatever you need to do as far as your stress is concerned, dealing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like being able to to understand and just, just have a, like, just noticing, I think noticing and being aware of your reactions and your patterns. That's like the biggest thing. That's the most impactful thing. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting over here realizing I didn't know that there were stress numbers. And so I'm like, what's my stress number? And I just didn't know that. So I'm learning from this conversation. (laughs) Well, do you want to tell her what you are? And then yeah, I was gonna I was gonna have you guess, but I'm sure you don't. I'm sure you don't typically like to do that with the people you talk to. (laughs) No, because I do. I do actually do typing sessions, um, and where I help people figure out their type. But it's literally like an hour long. So you don't know from like the 13 minutes we've been talking. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'm an eight, which is, you know, very unfortunate. And um, I, uh, so does every single eight have the same stress number? Mm -hmm. Okay, so what is Mm -hmm. mine? Type five. Okay. Interesting. Oh, so is that why fives, wait, do fives and eights get confused? with typing or no um, and eights get confused with each other oh yeah so fives five one and eight all get confused all three of those i've heard mm. Be- mostly when people haven't really one and eight is a little bit different but five and eight is normally when people just read the description and they've never actually like met a five or met an eight or like haven't actually heard of an interview with one of those types um but once you meet somebody that's that type you're like like I would never see you even in these 13 minutes and be like, you're definitely a five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the energy is just so different. You oh, would be absolutely. like, she's an eight. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So one thing for me that's hard with Enneagram, which is what I heard from a lot of people who I don't think are very experienced in it. Because one thing I really liked that you said in your podcast was if you want to be a coach or you want to type people, you want to be doing this for like a couple years. And I think that's really insightful from the people who just kind of like read something on Google and then they try to tell you what number mm-hmm. you are, which would always bother me. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I didn't like yeah. was that that people would be like oh you know whatever number they're that way because they're a fill in the blank you know they're stressed or they're moody because they're mm-hmm. this and so for me it's like 
Yes, but from that logic, wait, what note did I say on? Oh, I said from that logic, then I could kill somebody and it would be fine (laughs) because it's like it doesn't make sense that you would just fall back on that negativity and just be like, well, Mm -hmm. whatever. So what what is your advice when it comes to that and recognizing that you can't just settle into bad behavior because that's what you kind of tend to do? Yeah, I mean, I think that's so important. And that's the whole self-awareness piece. I think that people who say things like that either don't know the Enneagram very well or are just missing the point. Um, I think a lot of people, because I, I mean, not to hate on Myers-Briggs, but in, in my experience, uh, Myers-Briggs is one where people use it a lot to describe themselves or to describe others. And so they're like, oh, all INFJs are such and such a way. And that same mentality can be transferred to the Enneagram. But in my perspective, the point of the Enneagram is to bring health, to bring balance, to bring integration. Um, So I think that maybe when people are saying things like that, they need to delve in a little bit more to educating themselves and um, on the Enneagram. And yeah, like as a coach, whenever people make comments like that, I'm like, okay, so what is it in yourself that you're not? um, acknowledging, or what is it in yourself that you're rejecting? Um, or what is it in yourself that you want an excuse for, um, Mm -hmm. and see what they, what they say. I mean, I don't really do that like at parties or something, but (laughs) I'd love to. You should. It's like a party trick. (laughs) Does that usually like coincide with healthiness too? Or is that kind of like another aspect, like not necessarily Enneagram? Cause I know not everything's Enneagram, but Almost everything is Enneagram. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I do I do think it's a level of health too. I think it's a level of um awareness because like once you start um really seeing the things about yourself that you're like, oh, I need to work on this and, and really doing the hard work, I think you are less likely to just like throw stones in a sense at others who are not doing the work because it's hard and it, you know, it's just it takes a lot of awareness, a lot of energy. Um, and so, and I think too, with the Enneagram, it's cultivating empathy being like, Oh man, I didn't realize that ones felt that way. Now I understand a little bit about them and I can really empathize with how they're operating. And I think that one thing I really appreciate listening to your podcast is that you differentiate and you are like very outspoken about, yeah, there's the Enneagram and there's like healthiness and health levels but at the same time some people need therapy and that's okay like I love what we're all for mental health Mm -hmm. I talk about all of my mental health issues and I'm like you know I've been through a lot but at the same time go Mm -hmm. see a therapist if you need to or take medication if you need to and don't feel bad about it and so I love because some people can think that everything can kind of just be solved by just figure out who you are and like go through that Mm -hmm. process. But that's the importance of even you helping someone not doing it on your own or go see a counselor or go to therapy if you need to, or go see a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's so, so true. And, um, yeah, I think sometimes people want to bypass like the hard work by spreading around memes or, or whatever else. And that can be fun. Um, like my friend, Michael, who I had on my podcast, he does memes, but the purpose behind his memes is like, when you're laughing at yourself, you can see something deeper Mm. about yourself that you might not have wanted to see. And as a therapist, I think his 
memes have a lot of depth, like since he is a therapist, you know, but, um, but yeah, I think that's so important, um, to go beyond just like just the stereotypes and actually get into it. I think that one thing starting off in the Enneagram that was discouraging was, um, not wanting to come to terms with my health level. And, um, well, at first I thought I was, I think a four and I was like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, I'm so unhealthy only to realize I was mistyped like four different times because I would just retake the test. I'm like, oh, maybe this is who I am. I think, um, or for you, how, how do you encourage people and how can they like be okay with where they're at, but also how do they build on that and get better? Mm-hmm. Can I ask uh, what type you I'm are? Nine. That's why I was mistyped okay. so many times. <laughs> <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. So let's see. I first was introduced to the Enneagram because my husband introduced me to it in 2015. Um, I had been really into a different personality typology that was motivation based and then went over to the Enneagram. Um, and the road back to you was one of the first books I read as well. And I just remember this moment where I was sitting on my balcony at the apartment I lived at at the time and just being like, why am I this type? I hate this so much. Um, and just feeling like I wish that I could just change types, you know, like I wish I could be someone different. Um, because you really do start to see all of those blind spots, like the shadows and the things that you don't like about yourself. Um, and as those become more apparent, I think it can get really uncomfortable. Um, and now, I mean, yeah, sometimes I'm like, Oh, it's so annoying, but for the most part, I feel like, um, using the Enneagram, working with the Enneagram has really helped me to cultivate a lot more self-acceptance than I would have been able to otherwise. Um, because you cannot grow one, you can't grow if you don't see the positive, like you can't grow if you don't see that the, the good things in yourself. And you also can't grow if you don't, if you're like unable to see the negative. So I just feel like, I think just working on the self-acceptance piece, um, like you're not doing anyone any favors by rejecting yourself or thinking little of yourself. Um, and so I think it's really important to cultivate that. I, I, I just really want to re-highlight that because I think it's so important to, because to grow, you really need to know what it is that you need to grow in. But it's also so important to remember there's so many good qualities to absolutely everyone and to remember those things mm-hmm. to keep encouraging you that there's nothing wrong with you um mm-hmm. and there's so many good aspects to absolutely everyone and so having people around you or having to maybe even self-motivate yourself I just really love that mm. yeah it's a process mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I would say on the kind of on the other end of the spectrum, I remember when I first found out I was an eight, and even though I could make jokes about it, um, I think for the first time in my life, I felt understood by something. And I was like, oh, I'm not the only jerk in the room. Okay, it's it's not just me. But maybe like, you know, this idea of always being black and white and being like, why am I this way? You know, and then seeing, Mm -hmm. oh, there's a lot of people in the world that 
maybe aren't exactly who I am because I'm a snowflake, Mm -hmm. but (laughs) that are kind of like me and, and think like me. And so I think that's one cool thing about the Enneagram or if anyone's listening and hasn't done it, it's like, every single number because like one of the questions we were getting on our Instagram is like what if I don't like my number kind of like what you were saying or like what if there's no good qualities to my number it's like there's good qualities to every single one um Mm -hmm. but you have to see both sides because in this past year knowing about the Enneagram if I were to place it and I don't think I've put this in words but I think I've done the most growth now knowing what are the things that make me tick why am I this way why do I react this way um so I think it is really important to to be aware of that and to be around people that fully accept you who you are even if maybe there are times you're unhealthy um so yeah that's my spiel if there's eights out there listening it's not all bad <laughs> yeah well and also like i i think if you really are like there's no redeeming qualities to my type that's how you know you found the right type <laughs> True. like in some sense because it's like when you see all of your worst qualities highlighted it's really hard to see the good stuff mm. Um, and I think, I think it just takes learning more about yourself to, to kind of get there. Yeah. Um, so kind of a question just, um, about my number, but this would apply to anybody else's number in Mm -hmm. the sense of one of the things I think with an eight it's, is it's very, it's said a lot. They don't want to be in touch with their emotional side and they don't want to cry and all these things. So this might be a really weird question, but what if if that's like a negative thing, what if I, that's something I don't really want to change because I view that as a strength or is that a really not smart way of thinking? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like not a smart way of thinking. I, it's probably something you've needed. It's a coping mechanism that you've needed. Um, but I think what I would ask is like, what are you missing by not letting yourself really process all of your feelings Ooh. and feel all of your feelings. That's I'm sorry, not for you, <laughs> but just in no, general, like, whoa, yeah. I'm just now realizing that. Cause I mean, I, I mean, when I'm healthier, I notice I'm so much closer to my eight, especially when I'm on the, on medication. Um, and I'm doing better. <laughs> I'm like less one, um, because I'm my OCD, uh, goes down and I'm like, okay, I can mm-hmm. focus on the things I need to do. Things are like more black and white. I feel like I can like organize and structure things in not an obsessive way where my one would go. And so just to encourage you, I'm not trying to make fun of you <laughs> or anything, but I feel that so hard. Yeah. 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 And I think I say that to you as, so the types we normally think of as quote unquote, feeling repressed are types three, seven, and eight. Um, and so as a type three, I feel like that's something that I've had to learn as well, where it's like, what if I don't want to feel my feelings? Like, what if I like just being able to kind of compartmentalize them and set them aside? Um, and then I think through like working with the Enneagram and through therapy, I've realized that actually for me, it's doing me a disservice. Um, like I'm not experiencing life fully because I am, I constantly have a barrier against feeling my feelings. (laughs) Um, and so I feel like I'm, I've become a little bit proud of, of the work I've done around that. Um, and it's like, like just the other week, um, I, I was like, I feel like icky, like I feel unsettled. And then later I was like, okay, those are feelings. 
So what, what's happening underneath that? Like, what is that? Cause you know, you just go through life and you're like, I'm fine. I'm good. Everything's good. No, I don't know. Maybe you do. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's, that actually brings up a really great point. So my husband's a three. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I had a question so I can help him more, understand him more. Um, Mm -hmm. what tips do you have for threes? And getting in tune with their feelings and how to slow down. Ooh. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I'll tell you about the moment I realized about like the inner ickiness. So um, I remember I was driving to work. I had just learned about the Enneagram. So this is 2017. So I, I, I knew about it, but I wasn't like that into it, like at the level I am now. And something was like driving me to like turn up the radio. Okay. And then, and what I realized is like, I had like a sense of discomfort or a sense of like internal, like I need to jump into something. I need to jump into the next project. I need to start something. I need to like that, that need to do something. Um, and recognizing, okay, that is actually me trying to avoid my feelings. Um, and so instead of turning up the radio, I was like, okay, what am I really feeling? And at that moment I could not name it. Like a lot of threes can't name their feelings. Um, but it, it started me on that path of like slowing down. So, I mean, not fully, I don't think I ever fully like slowed down, but, um, but, but having that moment of like, okay, what am I really feeling right now? Um, there's, I can't remember what it's called. There's an app. I think it's called my thought diary that somebody recently told me about, but it basically sends you like a, um, I think it's like either like CBT or DBT therapy modality or whatever, but, um, it pops up and sends you a notification, um, throughout the day and just says, how are you like, what are you feeling right now? And you just track your mood essentially. Um, but I think that's so helpful. Even if you don't use that specific app, I think it's really helpful for people who have a hard time with their feelings to just throughout the day, like start to try to think about how they're feeling. Um, and it's probably (laughs) overwhelming at first. Like it's very overwhelming. I am in business with another friend who's a six and Mm -hmm. we make like earrings. So we sit and she just loves to sit in her silence and hours will go by. And at one point the other day, I was like, if we don't turn music on, I'm going to like actually start ripping my hair out. So can we please put something on? And she was like, oh yeah, I just love sitting in silence. I'm like, how? Like, I don't, I can't even like get up to go make lunch without putting my AirPods in, which I know that's not Mm -hmm. like, you know, a great thing. Um, But (laughs) maybe I should try and be in silence a little bit more. Um, I think sometimes I just, I... I don't even know if repress is the right word, but I'm just like, I don't have time. I don't like if I'm feeling away, I'm like, oh, I'm so stressed and I'm anxious. Okay. Well, anyway, I got to do this, this, and this. It's like, I don't have time to deal with you little feelings, you know, um, which yeah. maybe I should because usually it comes out on my significant other. <laughs> so yeah, but that, that mm-hmm. is a, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Cause that is the thing though, right? It, like they are still there. They have to come out somehow. Mm-hmm. So it's better to process them 
in a way that helps you rather than for them to pop up and like explode on somebody yeah. else. I'm like throwing stuff across the room. I well, I think what's really interesting is that a three and eight and a nine can all relate to this because I'm 100% mm-hmm. relating to it. So it just shows you can't put anyone in a box and everyone is going yeah. through really similar things. Like I already wrote down that app name so that I can download it later and obviously tell my husband about it. Um, but shoving things I'm sure you appreciate that that I shove things no um (laughs) if anything like what what we've noticed really helps him is I we just have like these sit down sessions and I just like hey checking in what and I I pretty much just tell him like just process like what's going on and he tries to keep a lot from me also because he's a pastor so there's a lot of stuff that he learns and he's like you know I don't want to put stress on you but um, I tell him, like, no, I, I want to know these things. I don't, first of all, don't think of anyone differently when I find anything mm-hmm. out. Um, and then second of all, it's going to help you. Because although he might have tons of people around him helping him out, as your significant other, I know you the best. And so um, yeah. then it's like once every quarter we have, like, these breakdown. He has a breakdown session, but it's the best thing ever he cries so much which he never cried before um starting our church and um he has like the best sleep of his life after crying so much I'm like as a nine I understand that and I really appreciate that but (laughs) what I um really love about the app too is as a nine and being so unaware of myself in a lot of my own feelings um that's just such a good check-in like oh think about myself Mm -hmm. for once today especially having kids like oh I I am here I'm not just a robot (laughs) yeah yeah well and I think too something that was really helpful for me and 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 with my husband is um just having daily check-ins so we do a high, low, and something you're grateful for. We don't do it every day anymore, but for a long time we did. And we would go for a walk because for me, just if I'm walking, it's just a lot easier to pay attention and process and everything. Um, but yeah, high, low, and something you're grateful for every day. And also meditation has been really, really mm. helpful for me, like the uh, Headspace app or Calm app um, or just, yeah, things like that um, where just you're like literally intentionally in silence. I used to meditate every day. I would, I would drive to work and I would sit in my car and do like a five minute meditation and then go inside. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you're not going anywhere cause it's COVID. <laughs> yeah, I know life is a meditation. Uh, yeah. Um, so how, what advice would you give, um, to people who, I guess we kind of already touched on this, but not even are just like okay with their number but are excited to to get into the things that make them who they are um mm-hmm. because i think like you said sometimes when you recognize what your number is you're not going to always like mm-hmm. it because you see all the negatives um but i guess maybe more kind of like empowering things like is there resources or is there books or other than like meditation or self-awareness is there you know that kind of stuff Yeah, I definitely think, um, learning more about the Enneagram in general, um, is always helpful. And I think can help you feel seen in a different way. Um, some of my favorite books are the wisdom of the Enneagram. 
by Don Rousseau and Russ Hudson and um, The Complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut. Both of those are like really thick books, but if somebody really wants to dive deeper, I think both of those are excellent choices. Um, on a on a like more beginner level, so my book is specifically about the Enneagram and love. So like in partnerships, though I actually have had a lot of like podcast hosts, uh, pairings tell me that they've used it for their relationship mm. because it's really about interpersonal communication. Like that's mm. really the point of it. Um, and then a couple of other books. So a friend of mine, Gina Gomez wrote a book called the Enneagram and you, and then, um, my friend, Christina Wilcox is coming out with, uh, take care of your type, which I recently got a chance to read early and loved it. Mm. It's like fantastic. So highly recommend that one. Do you Um, know when that's coming out? I already love the idea of that. Yeah. It's in December. Okay. December 15th, I think. I'm so excited about it, honestly, because I think I think books are great because it's not on your screen, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I don't know about you guys. I have a really hard time with like putting my phone down and like going and doing something different, especially being on social media all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I love that you can keep going back to it and you can like highlight it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think podcasts are awesome to learn, too. Um, there are like a million Enneagram podcasts. Yeah. So it's like yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mostly just answer questions. Um, I really like interviews though. Yeah. Like listening to interviews. Yeah. Um, so this isn't written down. I was just thinking about it, but I, as far as um, like nature versus nurture and like what makes mm-hmm. us who we are, um, I have, I have a member of my family who dealt with a lot of trauma when she was young. And so of course, for me who has to like talk myself through so many conversations of like letting people talk, um, it's hard to kind of deal with, not deal, but be around people that maybe are like unhealthy and maybe can never be really healthy. And I don't know if that's correct way of saying, um, but I just, I know so many people that have been so deeply hurt. And so sometimes I wonder like, is that your number? Are you unhealthy? Or was that because of the things that you've gone through? Um, so do you have any thoughts on those things? And also maybe for people that are kind of dealing with that, like one-on-one with somebody? Yeah. Um, in terms of Enneagram type, I think that, um, I, I do think that it's more, nature than nurture. So I definitely think that you're born with a specific, um, bent toward a specific type and then how things happen and how things unfold, um, kind of confirms that a lot of the time when people deal with trauma, they might end up living out of their stress number more. So, um, that is a potential, but for the most part, I don't think that people like live from their stress number. I think it's more situational except in the case of trauma. Um, also another amazing book is the body keeps the score. Mm. Oh, I've um, heard of that. Which is about, is it good? It's really good. Um, I thought it it was totally different than I expected. I thought it was going to be like really like sciencey. Um, and it has some sciencey stuff, but it is really about stories and, um, the author going through talking about, what it's like when people have PTSD and it's not addressed. Oh, shoot. That's um, good. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think 
yeah, I guess the hard thing about life is that we just can't change other people. <laughs> right. It's so hard. <laughs> uh. Um, and so as much as like people, you see people who like have gone through trauma and you're like, I just want to change you. I want you to be different. Um, we just don't get to do that. Um, but I still think that knowing the Enneagram and knowing our own triggers can help us in communication with those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not something like we should say to that person, right? Maybe just like give them resources on those things because yeah. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I want to be like, oh, I learned this, this, and this. And like, these are their stress levels. What do you think? (laughs) But I think, I guess, giving them the books and stuff and not just throwing their own personality in their face. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's also the challenge, too, when you see somebody who's like, so doing the thing that you're like, I know what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I want to help you, but it's not our job. Just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. My last question is, um, again, selfish about nines um, because I just can't help but ask. We've been joking around lately that I am turning into her and I'm 100% fully convinced that I'm not. (laughs) But then this morning, as we're talking about this interview, I realized I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) as a nine, am I being... unself-aware that I'm actually like turning into her because I know in my past that was a normal thing I would adapt into everyone else's life I did it with my husband I did it like middle school all the way through college but I'm I think I think I don't know much but I think that I'm the healthiest I've ever been um you know I'm Mm -hmm. talking to my doctor I feel like I I'm so aware of who I am I'm like doing things I finally know what I'm passionate about but it's also what she's passionate about so am I just like turning into her so here's my question as a nine um how do you keep from adapting and becoming everyone around you slash how like what what do you think is like a good check-in to see like no that's that's you and you're just figuring out who you are and you're just good friends with Olivia. You're not becoming her. She's not actually becoming me. me. She just likes Disney now. And I think that's the most positive thing imaginable. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, yeah, I think that for nines to not merge so hard is like the things that you're just saying, like getting to know yourself, getting to know what you're passionate about, what you care about, what your purpose is. taking medication if you need it, like making sure you're doing all of those things to be healthy. And then what happens from there, I don't think is probably merging. I think it's just like coming into your own in a sense. Like, like if you're at nine and you see more eight behavior now, you're like, oh my gosh, is it because I'm turning into her? No, it's probably because you're learning to assert yourself. And that's a really healthy thing for nines to do. Um, and I think even asking the question, maybe can give a little awareness because I think a lot of the time, I don't know if you've experienced this, but sometimes I think when people, when nines merge, they don't even realize totally. it. Like they don't have the awareness. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good point. Thank you. I feel way better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because you asked a selfish question, I get one selfish question. I mean, I've asked a few, but go ahead. (laughs) Do your one. (laughs) So one thing for me that's really hard, obviously, is that the passion I feel when I see that people aren't living up to their full potential. And I think that this Mm -hmm. might go into talking about what we just did about how I can't change somebody. Um, But in my life shocking I have lost a lot of friends because I wasn't aware of um, never intentionally being mean but not knowing how I came across which you know regular check-ins with that kind of stuff Um, but for me especially as like an entrepreneur and wanting to go for my goals like when I see other people talk about wanting to do something I'm like great let's sit down like let's go through this you know and then when they're not doing it I get actually so upset that they're not doing the things that they should be doing because I just like believe in them (laughs) but so for me I guess the question is like where is the line of just being like a cheerleader and like encouraging and doing what I can and then stepping over into you're being like so aggressive right now and you need to stop (laughs) Mm -hmm. um I'm curious if like part of that comes from like where it comes from is does it come from like wanting to protect that person in a sense like you see something so brilliant that is inside them and you want to protect them. And so you put your full force that you put into protecting yourself or your significant other, whoever you care about. Um, you put it into that, like, so question, is it about protection? Is it about like a little bit of maybe wanting to control the situation or, um, I think like getting underneath why you feel the need to be the, to be the person who sees the potential. Um, And so like doing that self work. And also I think making a habit of asking, how can I support you? Mm, Um, And intentionally putting yourself in a supportive role instead of in an advice giving role, Um, which sometimes those are the same role, um, but just kind of reminding yourself like, okay, I am supporting, I'm cheerleading. I am not the boss of this person's entrepreneurship. Um, but I am I think that's really important. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. No, that, that is really good asking. I struggle with asking questions. So I think that's good. I just like, I want people to be happy and I see how things have made me happy. So then when I see them have the same tendencies, I was like, oh my gosh, let me tell you how to be happy. And then it's just like too much. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's great advice. Can I say one thing? Yeah. <laughs> that's also thinking that your way is the highway. Because it, it, I mean, it is. <clears throat> but that's, <laughs> that's where my nine comes in. Because I'm like, you know, I, because yeah. my eight tendency is so the same. But then I'm at the same point, I'm like, you know, maybe they're just not ready yet. Or like, you know, I can give excuses mm-hmm. to everything too. So yeah, that's kind of hard. But oh, wow. This was good. Okay, so okay. we're we're nearing the end here. I have one question from one of our listeners, mm-hmm. um, and she asks. Let me find it here. She asks, uh, "What's the best way to discover your type? Are internet tests reliable?" And I would love to tell um, everyone about your course and the things that you do as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't really find internet tests to be that reliable. Two reasons. Um, so. One is because the Enneagram is about core motivation. So it's about what is driving you. And a lot of the time tests are about behavior. Like how do you actually behave? And the why underneath that can look really different. Um, 
So that's one. Another is that from what I've seen, a lot of tests, you know, they'll say, like, for example, the Truity Enneagram test, you, you take the test, you pay for it, you do whatever, then it sends you a, um, like a synopsis or like maybe even like, I think it's like a couple page page report of like the specific type that you scored highest in. But if, if you read it and you like, don't feel like it resonates and you just think, oh, I don't really feel like my Enneagram type. When in reality, typing is so much more complex than that. So if, if I have a typing client who takes a test, I look at the results as a whole and like what analysis can I draw from all of the results, not just what is the top result. Um, and then, so that, that's like a big thing. So I recommend reading. So reading a book, listening to podcasts. Um, the Enneagram Journey is Suzanne Stabile's podcast. I really like it because she has long form interviews. The Art of Growth is another great podcast. Um, they have panels. And so reading books, listening to podcasts. And then if you really like still can't figure it out after journaling and reflecting and reading and studying and all this stuff, then you can like hire me, for example, and do um, a typing session. So I will sit with people for an hour and help them navigate that process of figuring out their type. Um, but I don't typically recommend that unless you've kind of exhausted the free resources. Um, and people can do that virtual. I... So sorry to interrupt you. People can do yeah, that virtual uh -huh, with you. Yep. That's awesome. It's all via Zoom. Oh, mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah. Awesome. So we ask all of our guests one question at the end of our podcast, which is what their silver lining is. Um, so something good that came from something bad or challenging, and it can be over your whole life or like an isolated incident. Um, so I would say a, a big silver lining for me is that um, when I started my business, I didn't know anyone nearby who wanted Enneagram coaching. So I started out doing it mostly via Zoom, which means that when COVID hit and everything kind of fell apart, I was already so used to doing coaching and everything via Zoom that it basically didn't change anything mm. because um, the way I still conducted workshops and coaching and trainings and everything remained the same. So that would be a silver lining. Yeah, that's I'd so say. cool. Yeah. That's so great. That's so awesome. Um, okay. Well, as, uh, as we leave, um, can you tell everybody where to find you and to get all of, all of everything you have? <laughs> yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at nine types co, which is all spelled out. Um, and then you can find me on your podcast app at ask an Enneagram coach podcast. Um, you can also find my book, the Enneagram in love, wherever books are sold. And you can also buy my course, which is called from frustrated to flourishing. And it's about how to grow from frustrated with who you are and your type to flourishing in who you are and your type. Um, and that's on my website. That's awesome. so relatable. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on the show. This was so fun. Thanks for having yeah. me. All right, Shakers, thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed today's interview. Oh my gosh, Lisa and I had so much fun 
talking to Steph. Seriously, if you want to feel like somebody knows you like the back of your hand, go to Nine Types Co. I couldn't believe it when I was reading all of like the Enneagram graphics. I mean, I know we all see Enneagram um, descriptions and we feel like somebody knows us, but really, truly, Steph takes this to another level. So you can scroll on down below to the, um, there'll be a link in the show notes, Nine Types Co., go check it out. Also, if you're wanting to know what your type is, um, you could hear um, at the end of the show, she does coaching and honestly, she's just so great. So please go do that. Get her teas, get her book. So yeah, we again hope you enjoyed today's show and something that you can do for us that helps us out so much is subscribing, rating, and reviewing. Um, If you want to just, while you're listening to this outro, go over to Apple Podcasts, um, give us some stars, preferably five, um, and let us know your favorite part of this episode. It would really mean the world to us and it helps us get amazing guests like Steph on the show. You can also follow us at Salt and Pepper Podcast on Instagram and at Olivia Corinne and at It's Lisa Brosser. Again, those links are down below. You can also join our Facebook group, the Salt and Pepper Podcast Insiders. There we just chat about really anything and everything on the show or off the show. So we would love to see you guys over there. And again, thank you so much for listening and we will see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Tune in every Tuesday on the saltandpepperpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and please rate and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Salt and Pepper Podcast. Make sure to like and follow our Facebook page and email us for any questions, comments, or ideas about what you want to hear on the show. We will see you next Tuesday. I'm all shook up.